Well, we want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And we are going to dive into a new series of discussions, um, working through a resource that we are going through together um, called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter and Jerry Schizero. And again, we highly recommend this course or book. You can pick up the workbook. The workbook gives you access to the teaching videos as well and um, going through it on your own. But we're going to just have some side conversations from some of the things that we're learning, some of the things God is speaking to us about um, through this resource. And I think it would be fun to start with fun. We always say fun, but these conversations are always like thought provoking and they like, they go deep, right? They do. We, we love these deep conversations, but, but I think it'd be great to start by talking um, through some of the symptoms of emotionally unhealthy spirituality. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Now, I'm really, I just have to say as a side note, yeah. I'm really happy we're kind of done with the spiritual disciplines. And I'll tell you why, because the last one we had was on chastity and <laughs> abstaining from sex in marriage for the sake of <laughs> fasting. Of fasting. <laughs> so that's kind of why we've moved serious. Okay, okay, okay. So side <laughs> this note. This should not be the funny part though. Side no, note, personal funny. question. Rhonda. Oh no, why did I even say that? <laughs> have, you, have you ever? Oh my goodness. Have you Lori. ever? D done a personal sexual time of fasting <laughs> in your marriage? Uh, and no, I, I have not. <laughs> I have never done that. Like I've so, literally never, literally uh, said, okay, for two weeks, a month, a whatever. Oh no, like, I haven't practiced that spiritual discipline. That hasn't happened. No. So this is kind of a. It funny is biblical though. <laughs> This could get on such a funky rabbit trail. I don't know how our husbands would feel about <laughs> that. So that's why we kind of were like, I think we're done that series. Let's <laughs> move along. So that's the funny of today. That's the real, that was the real Cole's notes of what we were talking about before we decided oh, on our topic. Oh, so man. there's a laugh. There's a laugh before we dive into not a light topic again yeah, yeah. on all the things we do, you know, internally to just process emotion and how those two go together, spirituality and emotion, how we are healthy in both those areas directly correspond with one another. So it's really so powerful. True. It's so true. It's interesting to think that you uh, cannot be spiritually mature hmm. and emotionally unhealthy. Mm -hmm. They don't work together yet. You can, appear very very spiritual but still have a lot of emotional unhealth and it's probably why we see i don't know if you feel like this sometimes but so many um frustrations but also like a burden for people who call themselves christians who seem to be such unloving people Mm. Right. Like mm -hmm. we see this like in our lives personally that we know we see it in sort of the world at large, the Christian mm -hmm. world at large. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, like how can Christians be so unloving sometimes? Mm -hmm. Well, I think some of the issue could be exactly this, what we're talking about, that there can be a lot of emotional unhealth mm -hmm. and uh, yet an appearance of a sort of or an idea that, oh, I'm very spiritually mature, but actually how mature are we if we're not actually willing to go to the deepest places of our heart mm -hmm. and deal with the mm -hmm. stuff that gets us stuck? Mm -hmm. I know that is so powerful. And these are incredible 
um, just uh, like a, a checklist of the top 10, like just 10 areas to go through. So I think this would be a really great thing. And then we can just, uh, we'll just dive right in to one at a time. I love it. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. Let's see where the conversation Let's goes. Let's see where it goes. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll read. Do you want me to read a couple of them, Lori? We'll just kind of take Why don't from we there. start with the first one? Okay. Using God to run from God. Okay. So that okay. would be the first one that we see on the okay. list. Okay. So that is, you know, I keep myself busy in church activities to avoid the pain and tension I'm experiencing in my close relationships. So using God to run from God, let's just have a conversation about what that could look like and maybe dive into if you or I have ever sort of been in seasons where we've done that. Oh, absolutely. You know, to be honest, even as we go through all of these in the next little bit, as far as in our series together, I have to be incredibly honest. It was painful to read them because I realized I've actually done everything. I've done it all. Now, there are some that I definitely fall into more often because I am a work in progress. I God has he's got a completed work in me. He started it. I'm not finished. <laughs> it's a work in progress, but I can honestly say I'm every single one of them. Now, this one I can definitely say I have done. Um, because there will be one or two as we go through the series that will stand out as a, a dominant area in your emotional heart and space that you definitely deal with on a more constant basis. That would not be this one for me, but have I had seasons of it? Absolutely. I can think of a season where I was not in a good place emotionally. I was wrestling out a lot of unfinished questions in business with God. I was just going through, we were going through a crisis of health with Jay. Um, there's just a lot, even in my own space, call I was wrestling out I wasn't working at the church at the time because I was wrestling out so many things in my own spirit and anyway all that to say I was using God to run from God so instead of dealing with those things on an internal basis I busied myself as a volunteer in church now it also was a lifeline I'm so thankful for that but I can see where there was a lot of unhealth in my own emotion because I was trying to quickly find easy fast fixes for validation fast fixes for identity, a fast fix to feel anchored when I was feeling so insecure and unstable. So running, God, using God to run from God. So I was using the work of ministry as a volunteer, busying myself in the church. So I didn't have to deal with all the insecurities, the fear, the instability I was experiencing in my own life. So I can definitely associate with that. And it was a fast way to feel anchoring because isn't it true when things are shifting around us and when God is unearthing things, what's happening on the outside, obviously God uses in the inside to bring up things that were already there. It wasn't all of a sudden that that season brought out all the stuff that was in me. It was already there. God used the external circumstances to kind of raise things that were already inside. However, instead of coming to terms with some of that pain, and tensions I was experiencing in my close relationships and even my own, how I was disappointed with myself, myself. I actually used ways in the church to kind of validate myself. And that would be the truth, the painful truth of it. And I don't like that, but I did that. And there'll be seasons I've got to watch for that. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's really powerful. That That's so, so, so true. And like women, I don't, maybe not all women, and I don't want to say this as a generalization of all women, but many, many women fall into the, the space in the vein of busyness. Mm. Like there is just a lot mm. of demands on many women's lives. And I think what's so fascinating about it is that we can, we definitely can busy ourselves 
with um, even the things of God, spiritual things, um, reading books and um, watching videos and watching YouTube videos and messages and then, you know, take it outside. So serving, um, serving in our community, serving in food, the food bank, serving at church, being really, really involved. And in all the busyness and doing, and then you, you take it outside of church and ministry to your workplace and then all the other things you can add into your work and then your family life and da, 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 right? All, all of those spaces. Um, we can make our lives very, very busy, very easily. Mm -hmm. And so then we go through seasons where we sort of hit a wall. It's been too busy, too busy, running hard, running hard. You hit a wall. So then you start to take some of those things away. And then what do we do? We just busy our minds. Mm -hmm. We busy our minds or we busy ourselves with little side projects or we pick up. It's like, it's like there's this addiction to activity and mm -hmm. busyness. And honestly, like I, my hand is the first one up. If there's a support group, I, need it, <laughs> I could be in it because like, I think that I have a chronic addiction to activity and busyness. And even when I slow down how much I'm doing, I'll just busy myself with other things. You're giving me more. It's like, it's like the, okay, I'm also a chronic overpacker. So like anytime we go away, whatever space you give me, I will literally fill every square inch of that space. Like, and I take all the stuff that we need, you know, we go away to a cottage in the summer and there's a lot of us, right? There's like our family's six, plus we bring people. There's like usually nine, 10 people coming. So I need to bring a lot of stuff. I get all this stuff together and we're always like, it'll never fit. It'll never fit. There's no way. There's no way this is, it. oh, I'll find a place. <laughs> and I start taking stuff out of bags, shoving it under the seats. But honestly, this is like <laughs> a part of exactly the symptom of all of these things of like, just how much time do I have? How much can I squeeze into that time? And the honest reality is that all of it is a distraction mm. from some of the inner work that God wants to do. And a number of years ago, probably like not, not that far back, but probably mm. like three or four years ago now, like God really arrested my heart in this, like arrested me and just did a complete 180 in, well, number one, setting me free from what I think would be the, the addiction of busyness, but also um, changed the motivation for mm. where my doing comes from. And I think this, these last few years, um, I'm, I am embarking, I have not arrived, but I am embarking on, you know, what it looks like to be before doing right. Mm. Instead of like a human being rather than a human doing. So this idea of using God to run from God, I can wholeheartedly relate to as well. Absolutely. But I think what would be really interesting to talk about, and this is probably a tension in it, is that I'm not sure that the doing is the problem per se, as much as what we're trying to get from the doing, the validation we're looking for from the doing, or um, the doing in order to distract from being or the doing to distract from dealing with some of the things that, you know, we mm -hmm. actually just don't want to pause to deal with. So let's maybe talk about the tension of mm -hmm. what if you're sensing like you and I, like, like you're coming to a crux of like, okay, I've got to change some things. Like the way that I'm going is not healthy. How do you 
how do you make the change? How do you make the transition? Because it's not like we can go from just putting everything down that we're doing. We can't. Mm-hmm. Like we can't. We we have a lot of responsibility on our plates. So how do we make the shift to go from when you have a lot of responsibility but doing from a different place? You know, I think this goes back to a lot of what we've uncovered in previous podcasts, Lauren, we've talked about from the outside, things can look the same. Yeah. Exactly the same, but it's about the heart and the posture. I love that you brought that up. Like, what are you getting from the doing? You know, years ago, like actually around this time when I was talking about the specific time in my life where that was an arresting season in my life, the Lord, it's like he lifted the veil of the dysfunction and the level of striving and perfecting and the just this destructive part of my spirit that God brought this brought to light during this really tumultuous season in our lives. I'm so thankful for that, that God brought in that crisis an unveiling of my own spirit that I could totally repent and really start new. And that's a beautiful thing. I love that God says his mercies are new mm. every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I love that. This is part of the mercy of God to show us. And in that time, I remember feeling, because exactly what you're saying, I had a lot of responsibilities. I wasn't working at the church full time, but I did have, you know, I was volunteering at the church and I loved that, but I also had a young family. Jay was not doing well, was not physically well, so I was taking on a lot of the responsibility of little children. Plus, I had a super demanding job as a manager in a company, and so my life couldn't just stop. I didn't have the ability to just stop my life. But I remember one day sitting down, and I was just saying, God, I don't know what to do. Like, I've hit an impasse. Like, God unveiled all of this to my life. What do you do with that? And the beautiful thing is the Lord always is so gracious to show us, but he always has a solution because he is a solution. He is the way and he's the truth. He shows us the truth and he shows us a way out. He shows us of a way of us walking in freedom. And I had a picture of literally a jar full of all, it's like if you could picture the jar full of marbles and it had every marble had a name on it, like mother, all the different things I was doing. And it was like the Lord said, just dump everything on the table and I want you to start fresh. I don't want you to keep adding to your jar. I want you to dump all those marbles on the table and I want you to wait for me and I'm going to tell you what to put back in. And I just literally took time in my spirit. Now, this didn't happen overnight, but it really was, God, am I putting this in and why am I putting this in? Someone says understanding the why and asking for discernment because once again, our hearts are so wicked. We can't always see. It looks so good and we want to, but it could be a very destructive thing for us in that season. Maybe not forever, or maybe what we've done, God's saying, take that out. And you're like, what? But I'm holding on to it so tight. Why am I wrestling to lay that down? So when we actually can surrender and say, okay, God, all I have is yours. But in this season, these are things that I, I need to do. They're my responsibilities. But help me to put them back in recognizing like you're helping me put them back in with the right mindset. So I do feel like we have to reassess and we have to ask the Holy Spirit to show us what we're doing what we're adding to our life and what do we need to lay down and there's things we can't lay down then we need to say okay god i have to put this this is part of my life help me to manage this with you being the center show me guide me and so i surrender that to you like i can't put down being a mom like i can't i couldn't say in that time like no (laughs) i'm just gonna lay that down no it was my responsibility and it was tough in my job managing everything else that was going on in our life however I recognize quickly, like, I can't do this on my own. And I also have to recognize, do I need to ask for help? God, how do I do this? Or is there things even in being a mom that I'm adding to? 
Like I, I can be a great mom, but I don't have to add A, B, C, D. Could I reach out for some carpooling, reach out for some help in this area? So I think it's all of those things that we also can pick up even around our responsibilities. A lot of this external stuff because we actually want to look like superstars. And I'm speaking, all fingers are pointing to myself as I'm talking about this. So in those responsibilities, there's even those additional things we can add. That's just my thoughts on it very quickly. It's so true. And the busy and the activity and those seasons of our lives, like they feel so good, like they feel so good that sometimes we can deceive ourselves to think that we're doing good in them. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like you and I (laughs) have talked about this often, how, you know, for us, sort of the top half of, you know, the, the, how are you doing is always great, great. But honestly, like, you know, you need a little bit of time to mine and dig under for where the unhealth lives. And, you know, that's, that's true for me as well. And in busy seasons, like, because I also love it. Like people who are addicted to things, they're addicted to things because they love them. (laughs) You know what I mean? They get the high off it. They get the, whatever it is that they need. Right. And so we, we can love it and we can feel like it's good. It's all good. And we love it, but there is a whole world that's happening underneath. And I think part of the answer to like, how do we navigate out of a season like that is we do have to take intentional time to slow. Like Mm -hmm. it's not about not doing those things, but it is about setting aside intentional time to slow down and invite God through the Holy Spirit, invite the Holy Spirit into doing with you so that you're not, like you said, doing it all on your own. You don't have your little jar and all your roles and all the things that you're doing, but no, you're saying, okay, God, these all belong to you. You've given all these things to me to begin with. Let's do, th- how can we do these things together? And it reminds me a little bit of the um, the vision that you talk, you had talked about about the table, about lingering at the table. Mm -hmm. And it is a little bit about that space. It's like, okay, okay, here we come. It's all the busy. It's all so, so fun. The activity, we're going to eat, we're going to be together. We're going to fellowship. But it's like, no, will you linger? Like, will you linger? And I think like, that's exactly the difference of recognizing how much we need God, how much we need to actually slow down, even our faith walk and even our doing for God, but from a slowed place of recognizing, no, God is with me. Invite God intentionally Mm -hmm. into those spaces. And then we will actually have wisdom to know what to say yes Mm -hmm. to, to know what to Mm -hmm. say no to, to know how to move forward from that place instead of deceiving ourselves into this exact trap of using God to run from God. Like we are actually running in that busy space, in that frantic space, in that like do, 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 do space. We're actually running from the Mm -hmm. God who's inviting us into a space Mm -hmm. of intimacy, of, of closeness, of um, tenderness, of knowing him, right? Like this is the space where actually we will find life, not in all of this running all the time, just running from here to there to here to there and distracting. God wants to actually bring us into the pain that has happened that day. Like, do we take time to sit and say like, what was disappointing about my day today? What happened that actually made me feel sad? Mm -hmm. What happened today Mm -hmm. that, you know, didn't go as I thought, where did I feel insecure? Where did I not measure up where Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to like, do we sit in that space and let God bring wholeness to that place? Right. Instead of just like, 
overcompensating and doing more Mm. and not dealing with that. And that's the space I think God is inviting us into, into emotional health. I love that, Laura. You know, even as you're saying that, it's like this shift of I'm doing this for God. Like it can be like this or I'm for my family or for like I'm doing it for almost like a little bit like I'm sacrificing myself to do this. And it can be a little bit like that, you know, in our lives instead of God, I want to do this with you. Like, what are you doing? What are Mm -hmm. you doing that Mm -hmm. you want me to partner in with? And exactly that space. And like, what has affected me today? That's going to be a block to allow that life to flow through. And that, that is something that's very spiritual to sit down and say, like, I love in the Psalms, you read about David, how he just poured out his heart before God. And it wasn't always, everything is wonderful. Like that song, everything is awesome. No, it wasn't that like the Lego movie. It wasn't everything is awesome. Somebody's just like, oh, like, complaining and distressed and upset and angry and he just pours it all out but it's like he invited God into that space so God like you're saying I love when you're talking about that that wholeness that healing that then we can fully be with God and what he's asking us to do he's already doing it that's the thing it's like I don't need to say God I'm doing this for you God's already moving he's like thank you very much I've got this (laughs) but I get to be like I get to do I get to partner with you like I get to join in what you're doing so show me what you're doing instead of me just going off doing my own thing. I want to do what you're doing so I can be with you. So I can be intimate with you. And I can let you into these spaces that when I am sad and disappointed and wounded, you can heal me and then I can keep following. I don't want to be going on my own path. I don't want to be doing my own thing. I want to be fully clinging on to him. But we need that emotional space to be reconciled. We need it to be healed. We need it to be, we need to come to those spaces. So I love how you just brought that up, that we need to bring that. That is very spiritual. It's very spiritual. I have not understood that my whole life. I've spiritualized over that. And that's not how God wants us to handle our emotions. Yeah. It's about surrendering them to him. Surrendering them. really, really good. Bringing him in. Yeah, Yeah, that's really good. good. And so may you hear Mm -hmm. today Mm -hmm. the voice of God speaking over Mm -hmm. you directly into your life insert your name into this statement, but God is actually saying to you by name, I want to do this with you. Yes. Uh, Will you give me everything you have, all of your roles, all of your responsibilities, everything on your plate, all the weight on your shoulders, will you give it to me? And because I want to do it with you. Like Mm -hmm. I want to do your life, every aspect of your life, with you. That's the invitation of God. And I think in order for us to actually do that, to hear that invitation, to yield to that invitation, we do have to take time to slow. And so one of the practices that emotionally healthy Christianity or emotionally healthy spirituality encourages is it encourages taking time for what they call the daily office, but it's just taking time a few times a day to slow down, to literally, whether it's two minutes in the middle of the day, in the morning, quiet yourself, have some silence, take some deep breaths, but intentionally invite God and intentionally hear the invitation of God to do life with him, not for him, but with him. And I think even just that practice alone can help us to change our perspective on the weight that's on our shoulders, all that we're carrying, our self-importance in the midst of it, the validation we get in the midst of it, 
and actually be able to relinquish some of that to connect with the deeper spaces of our emotions that are happening anyways. Just because you don't connect with them doesn't mean they're not happening. Doesn't mean that whole emotional world is not happening inside of you and affecting all of your relationships. It is. It is. Just because you don't acknowledge it doesn't mean it's not affecting your relationships. It absolutely, absolutely is. So let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go there every day, every week. Let's slow down. Think about these things and invite God into those spaces so that we can process them, so that we can invite God into a space of healing, and so we can actually live as emotionally healthy. We want that. I love that. So today as you leave, may you know that you are loved, that God has a significant purpose, and he wants you to linger at the table. He wants you to stay, and he wants to do life. Just what you had said, Lori, he wants to do life with you. You are loved, and there's a purpose. Everything God uses for good, and God is doing a good work, and he who has started a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So linger with him. So good. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.